Chapter Four, Part One of Commentary in the Gospel of John, Book Five, by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by Reverend Philip Edward Pusey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four: That the Son is by nature God, wholly remote from likeness to the creature as regards essence. Ye are of this world; I am not of this world he showed herein and very clearly what is the meaning of above what of beneath for since it was like that the pharisees able to understand nothing would consider what had been said in a more corporal manner and understand the above and beneath of place and would then stray into many notions profitably did our lord jesus christ bear his word of the obscurity that seemed to have been cast upon it and from all want of clearness putting more clearly in the sequel what he had said darkly for ye he says are of this world that is from beneath i am not of this world this then is from above for god overpasses all that is created not having superiority in local exaltation for it were foolish and utterly uninstructed to conceive of the incorporeal as local but surpassing things originate by the ineffable excellences of nature of this essence does the word say that he is not the creation but the fruit and offspring for observe how he says not from above have i been created and made but rather i am that he may show both whence he is and that he was ever eternally with his own progenitor for he is as the father too is but he that is and is eternally with him that is how he was not let the folly of them who think otherwise say but haply the foe of the truth will withstand us saying not without qualification hath christ said i am not of the world but by adding this he hath shown accurately that there is another world the spiritual whence he might be therefore among creatures is the sun for this is what thy language o sir is working out for us among those who have originate nature will the creator be surely classed putting about him some angelic perchance and slave befitting dignity you deem that yourself will escape the charge of blasphemy for do you not know that though you attribute to him that highest position in status which the holy angels will be conceived of as having though you confess that he is above every princedom and authority and throne and yet believe him to be originate you sin against him no whit the less for there is no worthy place whatever of superiority over the rest to the only begotten so long as he is at all conceived of as created for not in having precedence of any hath he glory but in being not originate yea rather god of god by nature but thou again art classing him who beamed forth from god and therefore is god with things originate and thou reckonest him to be part of the world and if not perchance of this one yet of another 
for imagined distinction of worlds will make no difference at all in respect of having been made and dost thou not blush putting the word who sitteth with him who begat him in the category of his guards and those who stand before him for dost thou not hear gabriel saying to zacharias i am gabriel that stand in the presence of god and i was sent to speak unto thee and isaiah i saw the lord of Sabaoth sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and the seraphim were standing round about him and marvel the prophet was beholding the son and called him lord of Sabaoth, and introduces him as king with the highest powers as bodyguard and that it really was the glory of the only begotten which he was beholding the wise john will testify saying these things said isaias because he saw his glory and of him spake he wherefore the divine paul too both from his co-sitting with god the father and from his being called son by nature coming to most accurate perception of the mystery and gathering the knowledge pertaining to the idea says for unto which of the angels said that is god the father at any time my son art thou this day have i begotten thee for in the word i have begotten he shows that the son is by nature god of god and again but to which of the angels said he at any time sit on my right hand and he does not in saying this accuse god the father of either being wont to do aught unjust or as dishonouring the nature of the angels when he honoured that by a position below the sun for what hinders may one say since god the father is just and good his making the nature too of the angels assessor with himself if the son be altogether among things originate and connatural with them in respect of having been created even though by some other excellences he surpass the measure belonging to them just as they may surpass us but not unrighteous is god the father who bade the angels to stand in the presence and gave this dignity to their nature having his own son co-seated with himself since he knows that he is by nature god and that his own offspring is not alien from his essence how then is he any longer originate how of an originate world and not rather in the same state wherein is very god that is above all things that are conceived of and acknowledged to exist in every world but since ye put out to something great and resistless christ saying with some fair distinction i am not of this world and by the word this ye affirm that the other world is meant saying that he is of it let us see again if ye are not staying yourselves upon rotten arguments prompted to reason and think thus by only your own want of thought for the word this or of this as it may be or whatever we say pronomically is demonstrative and not altogether or necessarily indicative of another 
and verily the blessed baruch pointing out to us the one and only god says this is our god there shall none other be accounted of in comparison with him but if the word this were altogether significant of another how would not another be accounted of in comparison of him yea and the righteous simeon too prophesying the mystery of christ says behold this child is set for the fall and rising again of many dead in israel and for a sign which is spoken against although unto whom is it not most manifest that not as severing us from other persons does the righteous man say this but intimating that he who is now present and has been set for this is by himself therefore when christ says i am not of this world not surely as being of another world does he say it but as defining and laying down in a more corporeal form as if to places the originate nature i mean in that of the man who is ineffable and above every essence he puts the jews in the place of things originate saying ye are of this world himself he altogether severing from things created and connecting with the other place i mean godhead says i am not of this world hence contrasting for our knowledge the godhead with the world he gives of this to the latter himself he apportions to god who hath begotten him and to the essence which is supreme over all but says he god the father will in nothing wrong the nature of the angels if he do not please to honour it in the same degree as the son for variety in the creation or the apportioning glory in befitting degree to each in no wise argues that god is unjust since how then should we be less than the angels albeit we confess that god is righteous what then we are in respect of the angels that are the angels too in respect of the son for they yield as to one better than they the being in greater honour than themselves be but most excellent sir shall we reply shaming the unlearned heretic if even though we be remote from the glory of the angels since we come short of the piety too that is inherent in them and though there be much variety in the creation and diversity and superiority in honour or inferiority according to the will of him who made them yet is the being created common to all and in this there is naught at all that surpasseth or cometh short of other for that an angel should excel a man in honour and glory is not wonderful or an archangel too an angel but the power of mounting up to the glory of him who made all things we shall find to accrue to no one of creatures for not any of the things that have been made will be god nor will the bond be equal in honour with the lord co-sitting with him and co-reigning what measure then of honour will there be to the son being according to you originate and of the spiritual world will he have god befitting dignity 
how will that which is connatural with the creation mount up to the same glory as he who is by nature god albeit god saith my glory will i not give to another what tell me put the devil forth of the heavenly halls was it the thirsting for honour which beseemed the originate nature yet better and greater than the measure which accrued to him and was it in this that the nature of his crimes lay or was it that he dared to say i will be like the most high for the creature pictured to itself that it could mount up to the nature of its maker and be co-throned with god who has the power over all wherefore he hath also fallen as lightning as it is written from heaven but thou springing heedlessly upon things so insecure accountest it nothing that the sun being according to you of some world and consequently parcel of the creation should be called by way of honour by god the father to sit with him though essence in no wise bestow upon him this nor call him to dignity befitting and due to it for he receives if it be as ye in your babbling say things above the creature in the way of favour away with such blasphemy man for we will not be thus minded may god avert it for we believe that angels and archangels in those in yet higher place than they are diversely honoured by the authority and counsel of the all-wise god who allots to each of the things that are a just decree but as to the son by nature we will not imagine that he is so for no glory by way of favour and imported hath he but since he is of the essence of god the father very god of god by nature and very he is co-throned and co-seated with him having all things under his feet as god and of the father with the father in god befitting way aloft above the whole creation wherefore rightly heareth he for all things are thy servants and since from all sides he is found to be very god it is i suppose wholly clear that he is not of this world that is originate for the world here signifies to us the nature of created things carrying the comparison from a part unto the whole that is conceived of as created as then god withdrawing himself from all connaturalness with the creature said in the prophets for i am god and not man and not because he said that he is not man as we shall we surely therefore class him with angels or any other of things originate but from part going unto the whole will confess that god is by nature other than all things originate so i deem that we ought piously to understand the hard things that come in our way for we see in a mirror by a figure as paul saith twenty four i said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins having by few words overturned the most ill-counselled fantasy of those who thus conceived 
and convicted them again of talking nonsense about himself he returned so to speak to the original aim of his speech and resuming it again he shows them in how great ill they will be and into what they will fall if they most unreasonably repulse any believing on him a thing very befitting a wise and grieved master is this too for i think that a teacher ought not to quarrel with the ignorance of his hearers nor be slack in his care for them even if perchance they do not very readily take in the knowledge of the lessons but anew yea many times to return to the same things and go through the same words since verily the enduring ploughman cleaving the field and having exhausted no slight toil thereon when he has sown the seed in the furrows if he see any spoiled he turns again to the plough and grudges not to sow upon the now ruined parts for having missed his aim the first time he will not altogether do the same the second a like habit the divine paul too practising somewhere says to say the same things to you to me indeed is not grievous but for you it is safe seest thou that as the teacher is found superior to sloth then to the hearers often follows the being in safe practice serviceably then does our lord jesus christ repeating his discourse with the jews affirm that the penalty of not believing on him will be in no passing things for he says that they who believe not must surely die in their sins and that death in transgressions is in heavy burden because it will deliver the soul of man unto the all-devouring flame none may doubt for if ye believe not that i am ye shall die in your sins he explains more exactly what will happen and having made the mode of salvation most evident he shows again by what way they going shall mount up to the life of the saints and shall attain to the city that is above the heavenly jerusalem and not only does he say that one ought to believe but affirms that it must needs be on him for we are justified by believing on him as on god from god as on the saviour and redeemer and king of all and lord in truth therefore he says ye shall perish if ye believe not that i am but the i he says is he of whom it is written in the prophets shine shine o jerusalem for thy light is come and the glory of the lord is risen upon thee for i saith he am he who of old bade go to the putting off of the diseases of the soul and who promised the healing of love through saying return ye returning children and i will heal your backslidings i am he who declared that the god befitting an olden goodness and incomparable forbearance should be poured on you and therefore cried aloud i i am he that blotteth out thy sins and i will not remember i am he says he who by the prophet isaiah also said 
wash you make you clean put away your wickednesses from your hearts from before mine eyes cease from your wickednesses and come and let us reason together saith the lord even though your sins be as scarlet i will whiten them as snow even though they be like crimson i will whiten them as wool i says he am he concerning whom again isaiah the prophet himself says o zion that bringest good tidings get thee up into the high mountain o jerusalem that bringest good tidings lift up thy voice with strength lift ye up be not afraid behold your god behold the lord cometh with strength and his arm with rule behold his reward with him and his work before him like a shepherd shall he feed his flock he shall gather the lambs with his arm and shall comfort those that are with young and again then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall hear then shall the lame man leap as an heart and the tongue of the stammerers be clear i am he saith he of whom again it is written that suddenly shall come to his temple the lord whom ye are seeking even the messenger of the covenant whom ye are desiring behold he cometh saith the lord of hosts and who shall abide the day of his coming or who shall stand in his sight for he shall enter in as fire in a smelting-house and as the soap of fullers i am he saith he who for the salvation of all men promised to offer myself for a sacrifice to god the father through the voice of the psalmist and cried sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not a body preparedest thou me whole burnt offerings and for sin thou delightest not in then i said lo i come in the chapter of the book it is written of me to do thy will o god i am he saith and the very law through moses did preach me saying thus a prophet of thy brethren like unto me will the lord thy god raise up unto thee unto him shall ye hearken according to all that thou desirest of the lord thy god in horeb in the day of the assembly therefore with reason says he shall ye perish and shall pay to the judge most righteous doom for your much unholiness of manners not giving heed to him who through many saints was foreheralded to you and attested by the things too which i work for verily and in truth no argument will liberate from the obligation of undergoing punishment those who believe not on him seeing that the divinely inspired scripture is filled with testimonies and words regarding him and himself affords by his works splendor conformable to what was long ago prophesied of him twenty five they said therefore to him who art thou their word commingled with fiercest anger proceeds from boastfulness for they eagerly ask not to learn and believe 
but out of much madness they spring so to speak on christ for he says in more simple word i am not adding god of god nor yet aught else to indicate his inherent glory but in lowly wise and apart from all boasting he says only this i am leaving it to the better instructed to add what was wanting and they go on to wildest and unbridled madness and from unmeasured haughtiness they all but cut short the saviour's word not yet advanced to its completion and so to say rebuke and interrupt him in the middle and say who art thou this is the part of one who openly says dost thou dare to think of thyself aught greater than we know we know that thou art son of the carpenter a man low and most poor of no note with us and altogether naught they therefore condemn the lord as being naught looking only to his family after the flesh but the magnificence that pertains to his works and still more his generation from above and from the father whence they might specially recognize that he is by nature god they do not so much as admit into their mind for who will work the things that befit god alone will not he surely who is by nature god but christ wrought them he therefore was and is god even when made flesh for the salvation and life of all but they whose belief is confined to their own miscounsels and take no account at all of our divine and divinely inspired scripture they in regard of the very things for which they ought to give thanks do disparage him knowing neither what they say nor whereof they affirm punctuating therefore with emphasis at the word thou and throwing back what is called the acute accent we take the word as a question with note of admiration for they say thou as though thou who art nothing at all and art known by us to be so thou who art mean and of mean extraction what canst thou say illustrious of thyself what worth speaking of those about thee for naught of such daring is foreign to jewish madness jesus said unto them that i speak to you at the beginning i am dishonoured he says albeit i invite unto everlasting life unto forgiveness of sins unto putting off of death and corruption unto holiness unto righteousness unto glory unto boasting in the sonship with god yea i who would crown you with all these am counted for naught and esteemed by you thus worthless yea verily i am in deserved condition he says because i made a beginning of discourse with you because i have spoken somewhat that could profit you and devised to save those who were on the point of descending to such deep depravity as to aim at repaying bitter requital to him who hath elected to save them something else besides does christ appear to indicate to us hereby it was right he says that i should not converse at all with you at the beginning but on them rather should confer this 
who shall most gladly rejoice in my words and without delay submit their neck to the gospel ordinances he means by this the multitudes of the gentiles but while we conceive of him as saying thus we will guard against the words of the adversaries for one of those who are wont to fight against christ will haply say if the son ought not to address the jews at the beginning but rather the gentiles he missed of what was fit by doing this rather than that but we will reply not as repenting of his own or of the father's will does the son say thus nor yet as having transgressed what befitted the economy for god would not have devised aught which did not altogether be seem to be but by saying that not to you was it right to speak at the beginning nor among you to lay a foundation of saving teaching he shows that both the father and himself are by nature true and loving to man for lo he freely gave to the unholy jews though not worthy of it the saving word having put in the second place the multitude of the gentiles albeit more readily making it their aim both to believe and obey him what was it then which persuaded him to prefer and forehonour before the rest the stiff-necked people of the jews to them he made through the holy prophets the promise of his coming to them was the grace due for the father's sake wherefore he also said i was not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of israel and to the syrophoenician woman it is not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs therefore has israel been honoured and ranked before the gentiles although he had the crookeder disposition but since he knew not the lord of all and the perfecter of the promised good things the grace of the teaching departed at last to the gentiles whom it behoved the lord at the beginning and first to have addressed not in regard of the promise made to the fathers but in regard of their innate obedience End of chapter 4, part 1